0: Let's go! It's the most all star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to paramountplus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. You're hanging out after hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Oh, man, that, that, that's a pretty tough one there. Um, I, I don't know what to say. Um, absolutely tough game for the Gamecocks. Um, going to Alabama was always going to be difficult. It was always going to be a, a matchup that the Gamecocks probably did not match up well in, just to be honest. Alabama has a, a ton, a ton of high-level athletes, they have a lot of good basketball players, um, folks that can, you know, really just shoot the cover off the ball. And I think you saw that, saw that tonight, Uh, you know, looking at this, I was kind of texting with some, some of my friends and, and at the end of the first half, well, let, let's just start at the, at the beginning of the game. Oh my gosh. So Gamecocks came out hot as a firecracker. Absolutely. Absolutely hot as a firecracker. Um, I think the, it was like 11 to three or eight to three or something like that. And Gamecocks are forcing turnovers. I think they had like six turnovers in the first 10 minutes of the game. Maybe Alabama wasn't necessarily, you know, I don't want to say taking the Gamecocks for granted, but at the same time, the Gamecocks had everything going for them throughout, you know, the first 10 minutes of the game, throughout the first 15 minutes of the game. But as I always say, and I'm going to say it right now, um, college basketball, especially college basketball, basketball in general is a game of runs. You have, you know, one team that will go on a massive run or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever happens. But I always tell folks that you want to have the best run in the game and you want to have the last run in the game. and, Alabama probably had the best run in the game and then also had the last run in the game, which unfortunately for the Gamecocks um, spanned from the, I don't know, four-minute mark, five-minute mark in the first half all the way through the end of the game. it's, It's a tough look, tough look for the Gamecocks, tough look for, you know, all the Gamecock fans that got really, really, really excited after the Gamecocks started. You know, twelve and one in conference play. You know, beat Mississippi State at home, and I, I think I don't want to say it was like a dose of reality, but it was a reality check for the Gamecocks because you know, looking at this game, the Gamecocks were in it, you know, completely. Um, I'm pulling up stats right now in the in the first half. Uh, Gamecocks were Gamecocks were losing thirty to twenty nine. I got my handy any phone right here, um, but the Gamecocks were three of thirteen from the three point line, eleven of twenty eight from the field in the first half, and had four personal fouls. I mean, sometimes the shots that they, they just don't drop, and that that happens from time to time. But you look at it, the Gamecocks had balanced scoring. Obviously, Stephen Clark, you know, he he's not someone the Gamecocks are counting on. score the basketball but bj mack had seven points in the first half michi had eight talon had eight um colin had two and then you had zachary davis and jacoby wright with two points and the Gamecocks, you know at the end of the first half looked like they were gonna hang in there and and have an opportunity to knock off obviously a quad one team but also a team that I'll put it this way. I think Alabama is one of the best teams in the country. I think that South Carolina got the reality check that they maybe didn't want, but maybe needed if that makes sense. But the Sears kid for Alabama was unbelievable in the first half. Unbelievable in the first half. Um, The shots that he was making, especially that shot that happened at the end of the shot clock. I I, I can't remember. Um, I think it was like maybe like two, three minutes left in the first half, but, It was a shot that if you think about it and if you think about, you know, what transpired before that shot, uh, the Gamecocks were playing really, really tough defense. There was a kickball, which allowed the shot clock to resume to 20 seconds and Gamecocks were playing really, really tough defense in the first half. If they can find a way to recreate that defensive performance. Through the rest of their games. (laughs) That That's going to be something that's feeling pretty, pretty good for, for the Gamecocks. And, you know, I, I, I didn't say anything on the Big Spur, but I had I had my thoughts that this was going to be a tough game for the Gamecocks. I thought Alabama had not only more talent, but, you know, also more cohesive talent when you think about Alabama and Nate Oates. And say what you want about Nate Oates. I, he's he's really not my favorite coach in the entire country, especially the way he handled the Brandon Miller fiasco last year and you know having a and a player actually shoot and kill somebody i uh, i can't really get behind Nate Oates, but he is a hell of a basketball coach and you know sometimes sometimes a great basketball coach covers up a lot of a lot of ilks but um looking at the chat right now i, I want to get to it because i see a lot in here um we got a lot from David Jackson. Um, David says, turnovers and effort killed us tonight. Um, no one showed up but Michi consistently the whole game. Josh Gray has been the softest big man in college basketball I've ever seen. Um, David David also says, we're a lot better team than we, sh- we played today. Yeah, David, I agree. Turnovers and not having anyone but Michi who will drive to and get to the basket and foul. Uh, David also says we have to have another driver. Yeah. um, Walt says Bamer was favored um, by 11 for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah, David, you know, I, I kind of, I mean, I'm reading your last thing here. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, back when Frank Martin was the coach of South Carolina, I think a lot of us felt like we were just hanging around the three-point line, waiting for something to happen, you know, doing the whole Dave Odom, like three-man weave you know, back and forth, back and forth, trying to get something done. But what I will say about this South Carolina basketball team is they run a coherent offense. They run an offense that I I enjoy watching. And as a basketball nut like I am, I think that, you know, know, say what you want, but 90% of the time this season, give or take, maybe let's say 80% of the time, when I watch the Gamecock offense run, it's actually doing something productive. And when you think about those three-man weaves that Frank and, and Dave would run, it, it really was just trying to kill clock. It was just like, okay, well, we don't have anybody down low that can do anything. So let's let's try and find an opportunity for a quick pass. And and the gamecocks are not doing that this year. I think that the biggest issue the gamecocks had today was, and it's gonna sound really, really weird, but they they forced a number of turnovers from Alabama to start the game. And after that, they were hitting three pointers. I think Talon had two in the first four minutes. I think that, um, oh my gosh, the Vanderbilt transfer. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been watching the game. I can't remember everything, but the Vanderbilt transfer kid, miles studi hit a three. And at that point, it looked like the Gamecocks were, you know, finding their shot, which is also difficult when you think about, um, going to a road environment, you've only had one shoot around. You really haven't felt their rims, felt their court, you know, seeing what the depth is like in front of you and behind you. I think that the Gamecocks started out as well as they possibly could. I think that Alabama had some uncharacteristic turnovers that they normally would not have, and Gamecocks just failed to capitalize. I mean, you look at it, and I mean, at what point the Gamecocks? and maybe some some folks in the chat here can help me but at, at one point the Gamecocks were up like i don't know like 11 to 3 or 11 to 5 something like that and then it became a back and forth game and and the sears kid from alabama i i just can't say enough about him he he kind of reminds me of a a taller devon downey or devon downey from south carolina um he He's a lefty. It's it's kind of weird watching his shot come off his hand because there's not a lot of lefties in, in, in college basketball. But that kid just made shot after shot after shot. And when you look at it, I mean, in the first half, I'm, I'm going pull to the, pull the stats up right now. Alabama had 30 points and he had 15 of them. So the Gamecocks did a really good job of negating – Everybody on the court, except for the SEC's leading scorer right now, which, you know, he's going to get his either way you slice it. But I heard the announcers say like right before halftime or maybe coming out of halftime that it would be ideal for the Gamecocks to just cover that guy and and make Alabama's other players make shots. And and that's exactly what happened. When you look at the game, exactly, exactly that happened. I mean, I, the Sears kid had 15 points at halftime, half of their points, and I think he finished with 20. So the Gamecocks always had to be weary of a run from Alabama. That's what Alabama is. Alabama is a team that's going to have, you know, potentially the, the best run and the last run in every single game. If you look at the teams they played this season, yeah, they, they had five losses. But if you had given the Gamecocks that same schedule, I would, I would wonder if they would have more than five losses at this point so far. Um, You know, one of the things that I've been watching for a couple games now, and and I hate to, and I don't want to get into each individual player on, on the team. I think that's just not fair to the player, not fair to Lamont Paris, but one of the things the Gamecocks need to find a way to do is to figure out what to do with B.J. Mack because B.J. Mack is a player that, we you know, it's pretty great in the SoCon. I, I I talked to a contact who told me that I, he was not that excited about BJ Mack coming to the SEC. Thought he would have some issues. I went to the Garnet and Black Madness and watched him for the first time in person. And yeah, he, w- he was nursing an injury, but I'm getting very, very worried about BJ Mack. Um, BJ... He finished the game two of nine from the field, one of three from three point line. He had a big three that kind of like kind of set the tone for the Gamecocks early, but he finished with seven points, and he had six rebounds. And that's one thing I will give BJ credit for; he does find a way to get to to get some rebounds. But I watched him tonight try and back down um, Sears from Alabama, and BJ Max, six foot eight six foot nine six foot seven somewhere around there and he backed him down and immediately got stripped and then i saw bj mack multiple times you know try and back somebody down and throw a careless pass that turned into a turnover i think that the faster that the gamecocks can get um colin Murray colin 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 boils um up to speed is going to be better better for the Gamecocks because. Uh, BJ Mac doesn't have the quickness that the Gamecocks need at that, you know, like flex forward position, flex four position. So to get Colin back, and Colin had some some really nice plays that probably were not featured when we when we just watched the game live. But I remember one time there was like an alley oop thrown, or not maybe not even alley oop, but just a lob thrown, and and Colin just threw his big paw up and brought the ball back down and then laid it up that's what the gamecocks need and i think that's what the gamecocks were expecting in the offseason um Collins still got to work on his body He's still got to work on his conditioning he he's strong as an ox but he's got to figure that out um looking at the rest of the team i mean you know steven clark he's the kid that that gives you everything he has when he has the opportunity to give it um, he's not in the game a lot i think tonight that he, he was brought back into the game to try and stabilize the Gamecock defense especially, but he's also really good at getting offensive rebounds. And Stephen Clark did that um, a couple of times tonight. Uh, BJ Mack, we talked about him. Miles Studi, um, golly, I'm looking at the box score. He was 0 for 3 from the field and 0 for 3 from 3. Zero points, two turnovers, and one foul. Yeah, Miles has got to be better than this, but there's a reason that Miles is on the transfer portal. Um, Michi had 16. Talon had 10. Talon had, uh, let's see, one assist and one turnover. That's going to hurt his assist-turnover ratio. Uh, Colin had four points, but the Gamecocks have got to find a way to get more production from their their post postgame. Uh, they, they just have to do it. Um, I don't know where it's going to come from. I think that Alabama was a, a very, very big test for them. But at the same time, like they're going to have to deal with this in the SEC this year. I would say that you, know, you look at Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Auburn, that's probably the top four in the SEC right now. And the Gamecocks went into Tuscaloosa and kind of just <laughs> – Face a Goliath that they might not have been ready for right now. Um, looking at the first half, Gamecocks were losing thirty to twenty nine at halftime. Alabama scored forty four points in the second half. The Gamecocks scored eighteen. Um, if you score eighteen points in, in the second half on the road, it's it's never going to get the job done. So, I I, I get. I guess I'll just say the Gamecocks learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> a very very valuable lesson. And looking at the schedule going forward, the Gamecocks. Yeah, I I sorry, let me let me go back to the chat right here. So, um David has some really good points. Um David says Missouri is going to be a tough test um this weekend, absolutely. Missouri is a good basketball team that probably has more raw talent than the Gamecocks have. Um and it's another road game, so you know. See what the Gamecocks do. Um, Will said BJ was so good at the beginning of the beginning of the year. It's frustrating, frustrating to see him regress. Yeah, Will, you know with BJ, and I hope that he he does a better job. But there's a big difference between the level of competition he was playing before and the level of competition he's playing now. Um, I went back and looked at some of BJ's stats versus Power Five teams um, when I had a you know a contact that told me that you know don't get your hopes up for B.J. Mack, and and we'll just see. I mean, B.J. had the stroke to start the season. I think that that Lamont runs an offense that allows B.J. to, you know, take shots from the outside, use his big body in the post on defense. But if the Gamecocks feel like they need to lean on B.J. Mack in the post, I think it's going to be a disaster. Um, Will said that Vandy almost beat Alabama, though. Yeah, um, so Vandy has had a kind of tough start to their season. They had numerous players injured when, when they were losing a couple of the games they probably shouldn't have. Um, and Alabama's a streaky team. I mean, Alabama was in in control of that game early and let let Vanderbilt creep back in. So I wouldn't look too much into that. Will um, Vandy is probably going to be a tough. They're a quad four game the rest of the way, but I think that Vandy's going to be a little bit better in the sec than they were in the non-conference uh craig says could could see this kind of night coming is really good Um, michi can't do it all yeah michi can't do it all And at the same time i think that like i said earlier in this show at at some point it seemed like every single player on the gamecocks offense was trying to force a shot and i remember it vividly i remember the Gamecocks were down by like, I don't know, like 12 or 13, maybe 14 points. And um, Benjamin decided like he was just going to bang in the post and and throw up a shot that, you know, careened off the backboard and off the front rim. And it, it just seemed that at some point in the second half, the Gamecocks lost their identity. I think that a lot of the Gamecocks felt pressure to try and keep up with Alabama. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever played poker, but, You know, you get up a little bit and then you think that, well, it's my night. And if you've ever been to Las Vegas, it is not your night. Take your winnings when you can take them. And and I think that's what the Gamecocks did tonight. I think the Gamecocks simply thought that they could go shot for shot for Alabama. And and they unfortunately just cannot do that. Um, Alabama's a good team. Uh, You look at it. And they, let me, let me go and pull up Alabama really quick. Um, I know that, and sorry, the weather's been bad. So my internet is kind of iffy. I hope you guys can all hear me, but I'll I'll try and find that here in a little bit. Let's see. Is that popping up? So looking at Alabama right now, they lost to Ohio State 92 to 81. They lost to Clemson by um, looks like eight points. Purdue by six, Creighton by three, and Arizona by seven. So don't let let yourselves think that Alabama is not a good team. And I also want to say, like, look, South Carolina is, there's a reason that when I'm posting on the Big Spur and I'm talking about scenarios and what the Gamecocks can do, the Gamecocks are not a great team. They're a good team. And they have the potential to beat anybody any single night. But tonight wasn't their night, and looking at the looking at the stats here, you know South Carolina has is a team that has got to shoot the three point ball well to to beat teams like Alabama, and tonight they did not do it, and I I, I just don't know what else to say. I'm trying to be as honest as possible. I've said from the beginning of the season that. The three point shot is the great equalizer in college basketball, and it's just the truth. And South Carolina was never going to be able to shoot what they did from the three point line on the road tonight at Alabama and win that game. Sure, the margin looks awful, but it's just one game, and the Gamecocks have the opportunity to go to Missouri, get back, get back to maybe you know above five hundred SEC play and we'll see what the gamecocks do but just don't let this loss you know make you feel like the gamecocks stink they don't stink i promise you they don't stink the gamecocks will be hopefully just fine but the gamecocks do have some questions they have to answer if the gamecocks can finish let, let, let me just look at their at their schedule here so tonight was a, a quad one opportunity when you go to missouri it's a quad three georgia quad three arkansas what's that say? quad three so gamecocks have two more quad three opportunities ahead of them uh gamecocks probably need to win all of them and there was a lot of conversation today on the big spur maybe it was a couple of days ago talking about like the net ratings like just remember the net ratings are not that important the net ratings are used as a sorting tool to determine what a resume looks like so right now I think that the Gamecocks have I'm mean, going into the game tonight the Gamecocks had a one-on-one record in quad one a 2-0 record in quad two and then a 3-0 record in quad three and a 7-0 record in quad four all of these all of these numbers are going to change so just like when the Gamecocks lost to Clemson it, it, it's actually kind of similar. The Gamecocks had, I don't remember if it was like eight or nine, 10 point lead at Clemson. They had an early lead against Alabama tonight. The Gamecocks have shown the ability to, you know, start winning some games and, and maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. I, I think that the sec is a really, really hard conference. Uh, Gamecocks need to find a way to win their home games and, Win as many road games as they can in the SEC, and just try and find a way to get to, you know, 500 in quad one and quad two games without dropping, um, a quad three or quad four game the rest of the way. And and look, if you if you guys are not on the Big Spur and you actually you know care about this kind of analysis, I'm doing this nonstop on the Big Spur the rest of the season. I will tell you exactly what the gamecocks look like, exactly what they need to do. I'll tell you the teams they need to pull for. Um and and the teams they need to pull for is pretty easy. Any team they've beaten, they need to need to pull for them. Um looking at, you know, some advanced analytical stuff here. Um looking at Bart Torvik, um he had Alabama as a 15.1 point favorite tonight. Um, Ken Palm had the Gamecocks as an 11 point underdog, so Alabama won by 11. I thought the Gamecocks had opportunities to try and keep those two point point spreads, you know, kind of in play. It it didn't happen because the Gamecocks lost 74 to 47. But this is the type of opportunity that, as long as it happens early in the season, the Gamecocks will have the opportunity to rectify this loss. Um, with that being said, I kind of want to look through the chat box. I, I see a lot of a lot of conversation happening. Um, let's see. Yeah, so uh, gosh, yeah, Craig said that Michi can't do it all. We talked about that. David talked about our guards. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. LaDonna, Miles Dixon, it's the SEC savings grace. They will keep getting better. Absolutely. There's not, there are only, I think, three games on the rest of the schedule that can actually hurt the Gamecocks um, when it comes to the NCAA tournament. And hopefully the Gamecocks find ways to to win more quad one and quad two games because that's pretty much all that's left on the schedule. They just can't afford to drop another quad three or quad four loss. And, and look, you know, maybe Grand Canyon, um, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, you know, maybe, you know, Clemson's a quad one right now. We probably need to keep Clemson. Like, I hate to say it, but pull for Clemson. Um, David says, we can't depend on Gray, though, because he can't box out and he draws three fouls. Yeah, I mean, I think that Josh Gray has his role in the SEC, and right now his role might just be to, you know, take fouls and, for lack of a better term, bully up um, some other players. Make them make them think twice before they want to take the ball to the rim. Um, Craig says, we don't multiple guys like Bama who can drive and kick. You know, you know, Craig, I will say that if you watch, the, I mean, I'm sure you watch the game. I don't want to talk down to you at all, but the Gamecocks started the game doing exactly what you asked for. They were driving, kicking, and giving open shots, and the Gamecocks hit those shots to start the game. I think that as the game kind of got into you know, more of that 50-50, maybe 60-40 range where it felt like Alabama was going to win, the Gamecocks decided that, okay, we're going to play hero ball. I got to score right now. And, and I, I really do just, you know, I went to Vegas a year ago and I watched so many people at the table that I was hanging out with. You know, double down when they shouldn't double down, or or bet two times as much as they should on the on a bet after they lost. Like that's what the Gamecocks did tonight. The Gamecocks just simply thought that they could match Alabama shot for shot at Alabama's arena, and it it wasn't it wasn't going to work. Um, David says, don't mean to sound negative. I'm way more excited about this team than I have been in a long time. I think they will go a lot farther than people believe. Absolutely. I mean, the Gamecocks have everything in front of them. Everything in front of them. The Gamecocks need to find a way, you know, just looking at the rest of the schedule. Um, they have three road games in a row, and they host Kentucky. If the Gamecocks can go 2 and one of these road games and, you know, have Kentucky, that that's pretty – oh, I'm sorry – they go to Missouri, then they have Georgia at home, then Arkansas at the road, and Kentucky at home, then Missouri at home again. Um, I would I would honestly be shocked if the Gamecocks don't win that second home game against Missouri. And one thing that I would would just tell Gamecock fans is go out to Colonial Life Arena. These, these kids deserve your support. Yeah, they lost their second game of the season on the road and it was ugly, but don't give up on them. Like, just please don't give up on them I've watched enough basketball in my entire life and played enough basketball to know that these kids are they're good they're, they're actually pretty good um so so looking through here I mean the Gamecocks have a couple of you know quad three quad one quad 1a w- 1a what that actually means is that the Gamecocks will have a it's like the upper upper echelon of a quad one opportunity. So that's, that's basketball. If you guys have more questions, just let me know. Um, yeah, Craig, um, I was not able to go on Saturday. I wanted to, I went to the, the fam you game and took my wife and it was a lot of fun. I think they should do the, the free popcorn and free soda and free water every opportunity. But um, let's see. David says Gamecock men said over eleven thousand for the season opener. Absolutely, and that that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Um NTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All stars four is finally here, and this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. So let's, let's turn our attention to football. If you guys have any football questions in here, I would love to hear it. The Gamecocks have 16 transfers right now um, that are coming to South Carolina. And we've gone through a lot of these guys before, but we'll do a quick recap. Um, the first one on the 24-7 page is Torricelli Simpkins. He's an offensive lineman, and he is from the MEAC Conference. He's a guy that the Gamecock coaches feel like can play center, guard, multiple positions. I think he was a, um, I believe he's an All-American actually in the MEAC. So anytime you can just add depth and talent on the offensive line, that that's pretty fantastic. Um, Buddy Mack, I think he's going to be a walk-on at South Carolina. He's a safety that might be, might just be special team step. Um, Monkel, good one came from Alabama to South Carolina, a defensive lineman, six four two ninety. 290 Gamecocks have been looking for defensive tackles this entire off season. So it's good to have him come in, um, come from Alabama. He probably has a pretty good, pretty good pedigree. Um, looking through there, you also have Aaron parks. Um, he's an offensive tackle. He came from Alabama. I don't know exactly where he's going to play on the offensive line, but Shane Beamer was, at oklahoma when parks became a either he was a recruiter or he was a freshman, but um good opportunity there like anytime you can add these players that come from programs and look i read the big for. i know that all of you want guys that come from uh, big name programs and you know you want the guys that started a big big name programs but uh at some point you know when you look at godwin or goodwin and parks like you have elite programs that you got these guys are coming from and they might just be looking for an opportunity that's not present over at um oklahoma and at alabama uh kamar the linebacker from pittsburgh he's a kid that the gamecock coaches are really excited about he's a he's a twitchy fast linebacker and if you haven't noticed on this portal window the Gamecock coaches are looking for speed. They're looking for athleticism. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of stuff, and I'm just going to go on a tangent here about wide receivers, and we don't have that big body. Well, I'm just going to tell you that a big body is kind of, kind of like the old way of thinking about college football. Yeah, sure. You know, Nicholas Harbor, all six foot five, two 230 pounds of him, is going to be a big target with a big ra- catch radius that the Gamecock coaching staff will we'll try and, you know, find ways to get him the ball. But um looking at linebacker and wide receiver, especially, and that leads me into Gage Larvadan, he is another kid that's fast, twitchy, five foot ten, 165 pounds. I, I kind of believe that he's probably more than 165 pounds right now. I've seen so many people talking about how small these wide receivers are, but you know, just remember that. You know, Gage Larvadane came from somewhere that nobody has actually measured his height and weight in a long time. And I don't think the Gamecock coaches are going to give those measurements to 24-7 sports. Uh, Demetria, Demetrius Knight is another kid that's a linebacker, started as a quarterback, um, gone to a couple different schools. He's a kid that I do think can make a difference in South Carolina. mean, um, all we talked about all last, last season was how Slow, our linebackers looked until Debo started, you know, firing off like he had a missile attached to his head. So the Gamecocks, Gamecock, coaches on defense especially are looking forward to getting guys that can attack the ball, move in space, and, and that's exactly what the Gamecocks have done. Um, Amari Huggins Bruce is a wide receiver from Louisville. Um, quick twitch. I mean, a lot of people say he's like a Marion Brown. We'll see. I think that he has a little bit. A little bit more potential than Amarion did. Jared Kilgore, you already know that bloodline uh, play quarterback in high school can kind of read an offense as he's playing in the secondary. Excited about him. Brady Hunt. And guys, if you're joining the show for the very first time, um, you probably already heard this, but Brady Hunt is a kid that I always, I, I shouldn't say I always, I liked when I saw him on film. Cause he's a guy that just turns up field and just starts moving piles and, and running forward. And Gamecocks had to stave off Texas A&M for him. He's a, he's a guy that the Gamecock coaches are excited about. And, you know, all we can hope for is that he feels that kind of like Trey Knox. If you guys remember Trey Knox was a kid that, you know, had a lot of stats to Arkansas. Great, great kid, hard worker, everything you'd want in a, in a transfer but he would always fall backwards or he'd always kind of fall sideways. Uh, Brady Hunt is not that guy. Brady Hunt's a guy that is looking to get every yard he can every time he catches the ball. And I think that him and Joshua Simon are going to pair very, very well together. Uh, Kyle Kennard defensive end from Georgia tech. He had four sacks in the game this year. Obviously that's hard to do. Uh, We'll see, but You Gamecocks needed more talent on the defensive inside, both defensive insides uh, of the ball and just getting more pass rush. Um, Jaworn Howell, Jaworn Howell, I got to figure that one out. Um, Tough kid from South Carolina State. Gamecocks are really excited for him. Raheem Sanders, obviously. Everyone knows what Raheem has done at the SEC level. DeAndre Jules from Pittsburgh, Um, big kind of just, you know, just rode greater in the middle of that defensive line. Gamecocks are really happy to have him. Um, one of the things that the Gamecock coaches wanted to do was to find more opportunities for defensive linemen to get rotated in, and they just didn't feel like they had the depth they needed this season to keep keep legs and bodies fresh. Oscar Attaway, North Texas running back. Gamecocks have flipped that room. I'm pretty excited about him. And then Jared Brown, we talk about, a lot about, you know, Juice Wells and what he did coming from James Madison. I can't say that Jared Brown's going to do that. I hope he does, but he is a guy that can be on the outside, inside. He's quick twitch. He can return punts. He can take a screen to the house. And we'll see what he does on the SEC level. Uh, Gamecocks, obviously some guys, you know, we talk about the Mitch eaters, the juice, Wells, the pup Howard's, um, pup Howard is a kid that, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of my, you know, contacts about him. He's, he was kind of a kid that came in, in between linebacker and defensive line when he came to college. And a lot of that didn't really change. So he's a guy that, you know, a linebacker, he needed to be faster. At defensive line, he needed to be stronger and more quick twitch. I, I know he's going to Florida, and I know a lot of people are upset because Pup was a guy that was kind of like the ringleader of the recruiting class at South Carolina, um, you know, two two classes ago. But I, I think that the Gamecocks have done enough at linebacker to replace that talent, and especially when you think about defensive line as well. You'd rather have two or three guys at each position that can fill that void. Um, you know, juice we've talked about juice a lot. He's going to Ole Miss. Ole Miss seems to have every wide receiver in the country committing to them. I, I don't know what's going to happen with juice. I think that Ole Miss is going to be pretty good. I think that, you know, they're going to come to Columbia this year and, and hopefully the Gamecocks are, are in an opportunity to knock them off. Uh, Mario Anderson. We talked about him. He went to Memphis. I think that if Mario could, you know, read, rethink and redo his steps, he might've chosen a different path. And I hate it for Mario, but at this point, like just going to look at the, look at the comments here. And if you guys have any questions, just let me know. Um, looking through here. Yeah, Craig, you know, good point here. I I, I don't know what's going to happen. With um the quarterback position, uh, it's obviously something the Gamecocks need to address. It's something that, um, you know, I saw the the Oregon transfer. I can't remember his last name right now, but you know, potentially he could come in. He's going to visit. Um, they struck out with the Vanderbilt transfer. Uh, they had his commitment, and he went to LSU. It's really weird for me right now because I told you guys a year ago that I thought South Carolina had one of the top five quarterback rooms in the country. And, you know, on on paper, on, on the practice fields, that was right. Um, we all saw Spencer. He's fantastic. Lenores looks ri- ridiculous. Tanner Bailey, I thought, could start for a couple of SEC teams this year. Uh, Tanner's now decided that he doesn't want to play football anymore. I mean, how do you blame the coaches for that? And then Colton, you know, taking his talents to uh, I think it's Bethune Cookman or Gardner Webb somewhere there, kind of tells you what what he what he thinks about his future. But quarterback position going forward is going to be ridiculous. I mean, the Gamecocks have talked to so many backup quarterbacks around the country that are in the transfer portal that wanted to be guaranteed the starting position and Shane's just not going to do it. So right, wrong, or indifferent, that's Shane's mindset. I don't know. I don't know what it, (laughs) what the Gamecocks are going to do. They're going to have to find somebody. Um, Let's not forget that there still is a second national signing day. That's going to come in January or February there's still a second transfer portal window I think that the gamecocks are probably gonna have to wait until their second transfer portal window to to find some depth um, that second transfer window comes after spring practice a lot of these a lot of these kids are going to actually know you know where they stand in the pecking order after that and gamecocks are going to find a kid that you know just I hate to say it, is okay being a backup because right now Lenores is the future. Um, they brought in Malachi Nelson for a visit. They brought in, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the kid's name. I think the Oklahoma transfer, they brought in, or the Texas transfer. They brought in a number of guys and, you know, right now for better or for worse, Lenores is the guy and the coaches are going to have to figure out, you know, what they do going forward. But, Luke Doty's still there. Um, we got Dante Reno coming in. I think that they need to find at least one, preferably two quarterbacks, to, to fill that void. Um, David talked about the Ball State tight end. Yeah, obviously, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, no slow-mo train knocks. I agree, David. Um Let's see. Will said, "So now that classes are in session, does that mean our players are locked in the program for the 2024 season?" Yeah, Will. Actually, no. <laughs> I know that it's super stressful for all the Gamecock fans out there, all the Gamecock supporters. But there is one more transfer portal opening that'll happen after the spring. Uh, David says, "Juice is a small guy as well." Absolutely. Um. Yeah, the linebacker from Charlotte, we talked about him. He's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, just looking through, Will said, I wish all the, our former players that transferred the best. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the wild, wild west of college football. I, I've never in my entire life thought that this would happen, that there are literally opportunities now for a kid to go to South Carolina out of high school Clemson his sophomore year and then NC state as his junior year and, you know, potentially end up somewhere else. It's, it's wild, man. Like just got to understand that, you know, it's, it's a lot of moving parts right now. It's a lot of, you know, players that feel like they're worth X amount. And I honestly feel bad for a lot of the players that are not going to have a home. Uh, A lot of players passed up on what we all would, Value as a, you know, college education, room and board, free food, you know, all the things that scholarship athletes get, but it's going to be a great reckoning, I think, in college football. And I don't know what the answer is. I, I am excited though for the twelve-team playoff next year because that just means that the Gamecocks have to be top twelve instead of top four going forward. Um. Yeah, David, um, have you heard any good running back coaches rumors that please aren't um Arkansas coaches? Yeah, I've heard about the guy from Liberty. I've, I've obviously heard about Lindsey from Arkansas. Um, you know, I've heard Lindsey from Arkansas for two or th- at least two years now. Uh, I I think that if it was Lindsey, it would be done right now. So I, I don't know if I would expect Lindsey to be the next running back coach, if that, if that helps you out at all. Um, oh God, Jimmy Lindsey. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Um, so Phil, my phenomenal producer is over here and it's, um it's Jimmy Smith, not Jimmy Lindsey. So thank you. Thank you, Phil. Um, Craig says you can't guarantee a starting spot. That's the worst thing he can do. Absolutely. Shane's never going to do it. Um, Craig says, don't buy your kid a player's Jersey. Um, yeah, Craig, you got me. It's Jimmy Smith. Um, yeah. So here's what I recommend. Find like your favorite number. Um, one to 99. And if you're going to buy your kid a Jersey, just put his last name on it. And then he has dreams of playing in South Carolina and he can, you know, put that little jersey in his locker room when he goes to South Carolina. Um, yeah, NIL is, is crazy. It's ridiculous. I mean, to think that the running back from Ole Miss is now going to Ohio State after he scored thirty five touchdowns in the last two years at Ole Miss, I, I, I that that's just something I can't fathom. I've heard, you know, rumors of eight hundred thousand dollars for the kid to go to Ohio State. I don't think that running backs make that much money for one year. I mean, that's that's double a minimum salary in the NFL. So, running backs, we'll see. But that kid going from Ole Miss to Ohio State, that that that's absolutely wild. Um, David says, preach, Matt. Yeah, I appreciate you. Um, so, guys, I, I've had so much fun with you tonight. I'm so glad that we were able to hop on. I think Phil and I are going to try and do this on Monday nights going forward. Um, last night was obviously weird with the national championship. And I don't know if you guys were pulling for Washington, but I sure was that they, they missed so many opportunities in that game. But, you know, Michigan, whether you think they cheated or not, they they found a way to, to win a national championship. And we'll see what Jim Harbaugh does going forward. But, y'all, I appreciate everything. I appreciate y'all sticking with me. It's been a ridiculously fun year. I mean, looking at it, I think I started this back in, I don't know, like May or June. And and now we're doing this live on Monday. So thank you all so much. You guys give me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. And I'll never take it for granted. So I appreciate y'all. And look, I'm going to have, I'm going to have something up on, I'm probably going to record Thursday night. i going to be out of town this weekend, but I'll, I'll put something up Thursday and, and what I'd like to do, and you guys tell me if you want it or not, but you, know, you can always find me at late night gamecock show at gmail.com. You can find me under the username Matt Anderson at com, And then um, I have late night gamecock show on Twitter. Um, I still got to get better at checking that, but it's L the number eight T E N I T E Gamecock show at at um twitter so hit me up but uh, what i'm going to try and do is kind of go through the gamecocks paths to get to the NCAA tournament on thursday it should be a fun show it's one of the things that i enjoy you know doing more than anything else is looking at bracketology and anytime the gamecocks are involved it, it really is exciting so again i thank you guys for listening um, on the podcast I, I appreciate you guys for sharing your comments with me tonight and you know we'll do it again soon we'll do it next monday and i thank y'all so much and hope you have a great evening oh by the way um by the way before i leave i'm going to have some more prints up back here if if you guys have watched this show for a while you know that i've changed rooms in my house so i'm going to have some more gamecocks stuff i got william's Price, i got the flag i'll figure it out but um appreciate you guys so much and hope you guys have a great rest of the week let's go let's go gamecocks against missouri talk to you soon bye